It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We're a two-man band with the best lead guitarist in the land. That's uh, from a National Lottery advert from the early noughties. Radio advert. Hello. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm very well, thanks. I just didn't want to stop you in full yeah. flow. It was like watching an albatross take off. Isn't it weird? <laughs> Glorious. Isn't it weird? A wonder of the natural world. What pops in your head. Yeah, in it, it's strange. It is weird what pops into your head. Mm. Welcome to episode 107 of the Luke and Pete show. Yeah, baby. I'm Luke Moore. That man, that spectacularly that man. trousered man there is yeah. Pete Donson. It's like um, if you go to a posh, stately home, this is the sort of wallpaper, uh, wallpaper you'd get. Yeah. I'm That's thinking I'm DeFaro and Baldo wallpaper. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Osborne and Little, George Osborne's family, they they made their money doing making wallpaper. Did they? Posh Osborne wallpaper. And, Osborne and Little, yeah. Could have been could be an Osborne little pair of trousers. Fucking Osborne. Um, oh, welcome back to the Luke and Pete Show. It's episode. Well, I didn't really pay attention. I just said and, that. One hundred and seven. All right, one hundred and seven. Good. Mm. Yeah, and that's what I said. And, and I was saying that I wasn't paying attention. So <laughs> what have we learned? I had National Lottery radio adverts in my head. That's what was happening here. Hardesty Cycles, the home of the mountain bike. There we go. Yeah. Um, Peter's Cathedral Bakers. The name says it all. <laughs> These radio adverts. It doesn't say. Yeah, it doesn't say it all because if it's a Cathedral Bakers, you sort of thinking. Are you baking in a cathedral? It doesn't tell us every, anything about it, really. No. I mean, historically, maybe it started servicing the people who worked in a cathedral. I don't really know. You, you famously did a good radio advert, which was Holloway Road Shops I Admired, the sound of uh, We Didn't Start the Fire. Yeah. Maybe we should stick that in at Have some you still point. got that? Probably somewhere. It's yeah. brilliant. Holloway Road Shops I Admire. Yeah. But then I, instead of saying... Uh, the shops that we can all aspire. Yeah. And you listed all the Holloway Road Shops in the, in the Billy Joel style. But I said aspire. Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut at the end. Global internet. Probably. Global internet. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if all those shops are there. That would be interesting. No. Michael's High Class Fish Bar went... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a very pleasing name yeah. for a song, isn't it? High Michael's High Class Fish Bar. Yeah, it really fits. it really rolls off the tongue. Yeah. yeah, I was quite proud of that. That kind of stuck around for ages. Um, uh, but uh, ultimately, sort of saying Holloway, Holloway Road Chops, I admire facilities that we all, all aspire. aspire. It doesn't really aspire to... It kind of works a little bit. It rhymes, with, to, it, it rhymes, it rhymes with, admire. with admire, certainly. Which yeah. it, it, fundamentally, struggle, really, yeah, which it? fundamentally had to rhyme with fire for it yeah. to be identified as a, as a rip-off of the original song. Mm. It, not something you were, you adhered to when you ripped off Girls on Film uh, with Dads with Swords. Dads with Swords, yeah. yeah. Which was still worked very well, in my opinion. Yeah, I, uh, think, I think having done about 12 years worth of work with you... Mm. 
So I wouldn't be able to sort of uh, objectively discuss the stuff we've done together. Right. But I think Dads with Swords and Holloway Road Shops We Admire are probably your two finest pieces of work. Dads with Swords ended up as a um, sword podcast theme. It was a men men of advancing it. podcast. Yeah, like you know, just blokes who were into fucking swords and stuff. He, he, I think the um, co-host, uh, I think his wife, got in touch and said, "Hi, I found your uh, Dads of Swords uh, video. Could I, could we use your Dads of Swords song as a sword podcast theme?" But you don't own the song. You've, it's a ripple. So it's, up them, it's, it's up to them. They can deal you with say no, the legal, said no. legal vagaries. Give me a free sword. Give me a free sword. <laughs> Give me one of your best swords. Give me your worst sword. Still yeah. better than all my swords. Yeah, have a sword. I do have a sword and it's plastic. When I was in... Um, Bought it in Sweden. Mine's bloody massive. It's not made of plastic. <laughs> uh, when, when, when I was in... Um, where was I? I stayed in Boss Castle in Cornwall, beautiful part of the world, for a mm. weekend a couple of years ago. And it's quite near Tintagel. Tintagel is, is an amazing castle. All of this up. No, Tintagel is an amazing castle. Tintagel. You should, you should oh, Google God, Tintagel. <laughs> Honestly, you should Google it. It's an amazing castle. And it's known for to do with Arthurian legend mm. as being the place where King Arthur, the legendary King Arthur, was um, was conceived. Right. Obviously, it's all bollocks, but it's, it's a legend, right? And they, <gasps> and they dine out on it. Now, the, the, it's hard, quite hard to explain if you're not familiar with it, but the castle itself is almost like a Game of Thrones type castle where it's off the, the mainland on a little rocky outcrop Archipelago. with a bridge connecting it. And it's, right. it's dilapidated now and you can still see the ruins and stuff mm. and that's why you go there. Anyway, in Tintagel itself, the village, they've obviously got a bit of a lot of micro, sort of micro-economy mm. around that type of stuff. Mm. So they've got these shops that sell, you know the sort of shop you'd get in a place like that where it'll sell things like um, bongs and rubbers sort of tie-dyed scarves yes and that, that type of stuff right yeah. but they all sell like these medieval swords <laughs> and uh, behind these glass cabinets and they're quite expensive I mean, like, they'd be north of like I 100 reckon, quid I reckon they sell like two of those a year oh well this is the thing and I thought well they must never sell any of those mm. but I went into what I was in there just having a potter around mm. and there was a guy in there with a long black leather you know what I'm talking about oh yeah long black leather Matrix coat boys. Yeah. Matrix boys but he was no he's a bit older though mm. long Matrix hair lad yeah Matrix man and um, Nicholas Cage turned down the role for for of Neo in Matrix, didn't he? Did he? Yeah, I think he so. will do that. He's he's got that in him. It was a, he was going to be Superman at one point. I would have watched that shit out of that. The, there was a press shot of that one. They were yeah. in the uniform and everything. Mm. Didn't he still get paid for that? I don't know. I well, he, he, he needs paid. money. If you go to New Orleans, he, he's bought up most of New Orleans' spookiest buildings, and that's why he's skinned. Yeah, I knew that it was bankrupt. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's such a Nicholas Cage thing to do. But anyway, going back to this shop in Tintagel selling swords, there's a bloke in there with a shop assistant who is just a Saturday boy, mm. right? So he doesn't know anything about swords, no. right? Just works in there. Mm. It's not a sword specialist shop. <laughs> and he's asking to look at all the different swords and he's getting the sort of the weight of them like he's like Jon Snow or something. <laughs> and he's going, yeah, I like that one. Yeah, I like that one. And bear in mind, they're blunted anyway, right? Yeah. And he's, and he's pondering massively what swords he's going to buy. And I just remember standing there thinking, one, this is cool. And two... What are you going to, I mean, what are you going to use that sword for? You're, you're never actually going to, you're going to put it on your, look, you're going to put it on the wall yeah. or you're going to commit a horrific crime, right? If you're going to commit <laughs> a horrific two. crime, yeah. it's not the perfect crime, is it? No. Because everyone sees you in here. Yeah. So you don't need to worry about it. Just get the one you like the look of the most. I like to think put it on the wall. that people running around with a sword, uh, the sort of people who run around with swords is kind of, uh, I, I, I think they realise they're going to be taken out pretty quickly. So swords nowadays are quite unwieldy compared to a dagger. Yeah. I, there was a man uh, last night. I was walking, by, <laughs> I was walking up the street behind, and he's it's Soho at you know half twelve in the in the morning. Is uh, there's always like 
crazy people just doing crazy stuff. Um, and the sex trade. And the uh, there was a man in front of me and he was like, fucking weaving around, fucking angry. Um, and it was only after about walking in behind him for about five minutes, I saw he had a broken bottle in his hand. Hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Wow, I might, okay. might give him a wider berth. Uh, and Could have been the went, same guy. Went upstairs and uh, and he just started flipping out uh, in Old Compton Street. And what then he kicked, he kicked a bin over and then the police came around and tried to find him. Uh, and then he came around and started giving the uh, the bouncer of Village, which is a, a, a bar on the end of my street, a um, bit of aggro with a broken bottle in his hand. And then the police turned up and but by which he'd only disappeared. But then he came back again and then back again and then back again. Yeah. The police finally got all of him. And this that's is, mine. That's my life. This is what. That's my life. This that's is, my impression of um, Neil Hamburger. I've seen Neil Hamburger before. No. Real Hamburger. He's like a kind of washed up 70s kind of um, stand up uh, sort of joke character. He does a lot of work with Tim Heidecker. Oh, is he like Brian the, Butterfield? A little bit, yeah. And he's like, Mom! and, it, and his like, jokes are just fucking horrible. Right. Uh, and he talks like this. And he always has two glasses of like brandy that he just spills down himself and he's sweaty. That's oh, right. It sounds good. It sounds, like a bit like, um, it sounds a bit like uh, Doug Stanhope. Yeah, a little bit yeah. of that, but well, not, one, not quite as good. The greatest, um, the greatest comedy tagline ever. I'm Doug Stanhope, and that's why I drink. Yeah. Um, that that broken bottle story. I, mean, I was, you know, what I was thinking. Mm. I was, I was, I was tapping away. Get me Sarah Koenig's number because this is serial season three. Yeah. That's where it should have happened. Yeah. Not all. Oh, not all. Oh, we thought we'd spend a year in a normal courtroom. <laughs> For serial season three, because we definitely weren't looking for another Adnan Syed. And if we were, how come we weren't? I'll be enjoying it. I haven't heard it. Well, don't criticise it then. I will if I want. All right. Um, I just remembered I talked about Tintagio and and Cornwall in in a very early episode of the Luke and Pete show. You fucking cunt. (laughs) (laughs) And I talked about the Museum of Witchcraft and Magic. And at the time, you feigned interest, so I'm disappointed you haven't remembered that. Uh, Well, I didn't know about the, um, uh, yeah, magic and witches, can't be asked. Not, not your thing. Not my, not my wheelhouse. <laughs> Look at your trousers. Off your <laughs> <laughs> right, let's take a break. We'll be back with some emails. Yeah. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Keen-eared listeners to the um, Radio Stakhanov network uh, will realise that I've had a cough for about two months. I haven't noticed that, Worrying. so I doubt they, will, doubt they will. Worrying. Have you have you seen that? Not, NH- not long for this world. There's an NHS advert about that. What? Something if it goes on for longer than a certain amount of time, you should go to the doctor. Ah, uh, fuck it. Might be them cancers, that's why. Might be them cancers. 
I was going to say something to you before the break, and I can't remember what it. Oh yeah, um, someone said that um, sort of technology to the generation before is indistinguishable from magic. So you know what yeah. I mean. So if you if you take it back a generation or whatever, people mm. were, or a lifetime or whatever the quote is, mm. people would wouldn't be able to distinguish it between magic and technology. Yeah. So as someone who's hugely interested in technology, why do you slate magicians? Well, you've kind of set up um, a, a, a bit of a straw man argument there, haven't you? I, here's a w- thing. Wicker I, man. I, I think, Wicker man again. Here's the thing a, a man has said or a woman has said. Um, why don't you agree with that? Yeah. When I had no opinion on it in the first place. I'm just saying, I can see you head to toe in black. Because <laughs> you, you, would, you would make a good incel, I think. Why would I make a good... Yeah, well, I live, <laughs> you, I live like an incel. You started off to say what, and then you, and you answered your own question. I'm be- <laughs> I've, I own an iron, for one. I live like an incel. Did you just I say that? I live like an incel. But, In what way? But I... Uh, well, I'm like a little kind of little boy who plays video games, uh, who's, who owns a gaming chair, um, yeah. and a tap on the internet. Go on 4chan. Look, see what they're up to. Could you? Could you perhaps do? Speak? I could. I could be like a. I could. Uh, do you, be do a you contribute could, to Four Channel? Just read it. No, just uh, no. I don't. Not really. I just think it's important to keep your uh, keep your eyes across stuff like that, because at the end of the day, it's them lot who got Trump in. Could you? That's that's the very much the Republican base. Could you? Could you perhaps do a a, um, a joke? Sh- uh, okay, what's it called? A parody song to. Aerosmith living on the edge, <laughs> living like an incel. Living like an incel. <laughs> Splinter incel. I could sort of, good. I could sort of uh, live among them. The and fact bring that you're them making down from the inside, the, fact, an agent provocateur of the, the fact, incel world. The fact that you're making video game jokes mm. about being an incel <laughs> might confirm that you do indeed <laughs> live like an incel. People um, know about Sam Fisher. It was a Tom Clancy uh, vehicle, I believe. It, it was. Yeah. You love a bit of TC. I don't think I've already read any. What what was Tom Clancy done? I don't know if I've read. Did, no, he, did he do Patriot games? God knows. I, I, I've not read I, any of his yeah, stuff. Again, I don't again. think. Um, should we should we turn to some emails? Yeah. Uh, before you you know that um, place Tintagel. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, which you don't you don't even the, admit exists. The place that um uh, the place that uh, King Arthur was conceived. Why don't they sell like kind of promotional uh, Tintagel uh, condoms? If you don't want to admit your own King Arthur, put this condom on. Should prophylactic? Surely you do want to make your own King Arthur. He probably had some dreadful things in his life. He didn't exist, Pete. So well, in the myth, he probably had some dreadful things. He was a very noble king. <laughs> That's the whole point of the legend, isn't it? He's a good lad. Good proper uh, good lad. It was, the, it was those proper shits. Proper fucking mensch. It was those shits around, shits around the round table that mugged him it. off. Yeah. Remember, we, didn't we sit, didn't we go to Winchester to see the round table or something that was supposed so to be So the original round table. round table is in Winchester Cathedral, I think, mm. yeah. We saw it on the wall, didn't we? I kept on getting Worcester oh, and Winchester confused. That's right. <laughs> you were sending people to Worcester for a while. <laughs> that, that round table on the wall in that cathedral, or I think it's a cathedral, um, someone's just not that up. There's, I mean, there's very little else in that room, isn't there? It's kind of like, oh, look at that table. You, know, this, you call us a cathedral? It's just a room, guys. Come on, get it together. It looked like someone's knocked it up. <laughs> it's in, it's in the great hall, apparently. Okay, we went, to, we went to look at it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the table was apparently, apparently, it dates from like the 12th century. Um, but I, you know, I don't think anyone's necessarily. Um, yeah, no, it's also, I mean, apparently it was it was made in like the 16th century or something. Mm. Uh, but if you're gonna mount if you're gonna mount a table on a wall, it ceases to look like a table. It just looks like a big dartboard after that. It, it does look like a dartboard. Why? Do, why would you do that? Stupid. It, it, to me, do you know, I will say when I walked in there and saw it up on the wall, the first thing I thought was in one <laughs> a garden furniture set. <laughs> Dung, that's black. <laughs> Dung, 
in for a tease mate. <laughs> Very relaxing television. I, I don't mind it. And do you know, do you know one thing I would say about Bullseye, and it's I'm actually I'm actually pleased you reminded me of this. Yeah. Is if you watch Bullseye back, now for those listening overseas, Bullseye was the 70s and 80s, might have gone into the squeaked into the 90s, mm. darts-based quiz show. And people who are of our age and older, will, will, maybe even a bit younger, will definitely know what it is. And it was presented by a guy called Jim Bowen. Who is he? Is sad, he I think he sadly passed away he, now. It was quite yeah. recently though, wasn't it? Wasn't Might, it? I think it was. And he appeared, didn't he appear in Phoenix Nights as well? And he, yes, seemed, he seemed like a pretty did, good yeah. egg. Anyway. Uh, he came on the X-Men Breakfast Show and used the word gypsy. So yeah, oh, uh, cut, cut the line. <laughs> right. Okay. Sorry, Jim, you got to go. Bye. Sorry about that, everyone. He's from the old school. He is from the old school. But but he seems to me anyway at least as, as a nice guy. And someone pointed out on the internet, I forget who it was now, but you can probably Google it, saying Jim Bowen was almost the type of presenter that you don't see these days. So these TV presenters these days they're very slick, they're very sort of like blah blah blah. Mm. Bowen would get people because Bullseye featured like ordinary people mm. paired up with darts players to win prizes. Mm. And and sometimes and, and the guy who shared this shared the cl- a clip of Jim Bowen speaking to these two ordinary people from. I don't know, Wigan or whatever. Mm. And it was in the time when um, poverty was, you know, it was the 80s, right? So mm. it was difficult. Manufacturing was going down the pan. Mm. Poverty was everywhere. And he would he, he spent like a decent amount of time talking to them. after Because normally he would just say, oh, here's Bob and Joe from Wigan. He would say, yeah. Bob, how's work? How's it going up there? Yeah. How are you guys getting on? And, and almost really taking the time to understand yeah. that people in, in normal jobs, in normal situations around the country, were going through a really difficult time. And honestly, it shows, he, he, he's a funny guy, and obviously he can, he can be sent up as a bit of a joke character, but it showed real empathy. And someone was just pointing out that that sort of stuff just doesn't exist anymore because the people who do TV shows now aren't, they haven't come up through the working men's clubs. Mm. They aren't like normal people, are mm. they? I mean, Jake Humphrey's not a normal person, is he? No, but uh, yeah, but you've got to be, You've got to be better. <laughs> yeah. At the mean? end of the day, it's still showbiz, isn't it? I mean, I watched Jim Boyne uh, interview a woman from Birmingham who was uh, mixed race. She's got, and it was basically the old man conversation equivalent of like, well, where are you really from? <laughs> okay. Yeah, what? Where are you from? You've got beautiful eyes. But what year? What year is this? I mean, it'd be like the 80s, wouldn't it? Yeah, okay. Yeah. But, but, but where, you, where you, you say you're from Birmingham, but come on now, we're looking at you. You're not. I, uh, you're not originally from Birmingham. Right? No, I'm from Birmingham. Where are you really from? What's your, but what's your point here? I'm saying that uh, in 2018, that doesn't look great. No, it doesn't. But that doesn't look super smashing or great. Well, in 2018, the Amritsar massacre doesn't look great. But we, <laughs> yeah, nor did, yeah, we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't. Surely, we can't continually judge. I'm not defending it. We can't judge people 35 years ago on today's standards, can we? Yeah, just don't put it on challenge, though. <laughs> <laughs> When uh, when we used to do challenge, when I used to do uh, the voice of a challenge, challenge, when I used to do the voice of a challenge, uh, he, I would argue that's exactly would, the TV challenge it should be on. He would uh, apparently I can't remember which phrases he used to use. I think Super Smashing Great was his copyright, and you couldn't use it. Oh really? You couldn't use Super Smashing Great. Uh, uh, something. What, what was the um, nothing in this game for two in a bed? I think uh, you couldn't use that. He's not catchphrasing that. Is you he? couldn't use a load of stuff. You He's not use... copyrighted that. Is it? How, when, when else I think would that Super be Smashing Great might be might definitely be one of his, and you can't use it. He's dead now. He's dead now. So probably you can. We've talked the about statute of limitations of super passes on to it, yeah. passes on to his son. We <laughs> we talked about Michael Buffer and let's get ready to rumble, didn't we? Oh right, okay. Four hundred million dollars he's made out of that. What? Let's get ready to rumble. Yeah, magical. What a man! What a man! Let's get ready to rumble. Because rumbles like I don't think rumble ever was kind of applied to a fight before. Isn't like his rumbles like. Have you heard of the rumble in the jungle? Yeah. 
Yeah. But biggest boxing but match it, of all time. Yeah, but what, didn't that come from his, him saying, let's I don't get ready to rumble? I don't know. I'm not sure. Was it not PJ and Duncan anyway? <laughs> let's move but, on. <laughs> but yeah, Michael Buffer is this really slick, um, you know, broadcasting type. But he's, you, know, you know that type of slick broadcaster, Pete, that you only get in America? Yes. It's like that kind of guy. Tits so and teeth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely right. Well, well summed up. And, and Costello and Bunce is one of the finest podcasts outside of the Radio Stakhanov uh, stable. <laughs> Obviously, Mike We've Costello so and many Steve plugs, Bunce. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's brilliant. It's a masterclass in boxing, mm. uh, in in broadcasting, and obviously it's about boxing. And they sometimes they 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 will broadcast directly after a big fight. So mm. recently, the Anthony Joshua one, for example, and they'll just grab whoever they can. Mm. So they're grabbing like David Hay, people at ringside, trainers, and and boxers themselves sometimes. Yeah. And they grabbed uh, Michael Buffer mm. on the most recent one, who was doing the announcers. And, and he's a boxing like he's a boxing brain. He loves the, mm. he loves the sport. He knows lots about it, and he's very interesting to listen to. And but it became evident quite early on in the interview that he's drinking a beer, but he thinks that's bad for his image. So every time, like Steve Bunce, who's a bit mischievous, starts referencing the fact, oh, we've got him here, and he's drinking a beer, and you can hear Michael Buffer go, no, 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 no. This is a club soda. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, old school grammar. Uh, right, let's do. Let's get some emails. Pete, have you got an email ready? <laughs> yeah. On the back of that, why don't you read it then, pal? All right, then. I've opened Johnny Dunn's. That was a mistake, wasn't it? Never mind. Uh, hello to Richard, the island of Barra. Hello, Dick. Island of Barra. What? Uh, hello. Uh, on episode 103 of the Luke and Pete show, you were talking about the man who ran across the airport at Dublin Airport to get his flight. It reminded me of my last trip uh, last year to the island of Barra, where the plane lands on the beach. And this uh, landing can be impacted by tide times and weather conditions. Only nine people can get in the plane. It was amazing taking out from Glasgow Airport with all these jumbo jets and us being such a small plane. It was an incredible experience and one I will not forget. I, uh, I can imagine it would be much easier to run and try and stop this plane. I've included three photos. Look, so this is uh, Richard Cook from the West Niles of Scotland. Look at how, uh, look at how rudimentary. Oh, mate, it looks plane. absolutely Isn't that amazing. incredible? It like, looks a unbelievable. A tiny yeah. little plane with its rotors. Uh, again, it can only fit nine people in. Uh, and the uh, Barra Airport baggage reclaim is just like a bush shelter. <laughs> That's what the baggage reclaim is like on the on the Cook Islands. Beautiful, so, mate, yes, but obviously it's a bit warmer there. Mm. The reason I've heard of Barra is obviously because I've, I've been to the um, I've been to the, um, the, the the west coast of Scotland quite a bit. I've never actually been to Barra, but mm. Barra do a um, this thing called the Barathon, okay, which is I think a half marathon um, around the island. And the reason I, I think I think there might have been a blog post about it a while back or something. It genuinely looks like. Um, the most beautiful race you could ever do. Obviously, it's a bit of a trek to get there, but if you can is get there, there... Isn't there a town in um, Wales that has become like the hotspot for like um, Iron, oh, Iron Man yes. kind of runs? And like, stuff. To the point where the, a massive percentage of the population get involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've read about like, that. Yeah, something like 30% of, uh, of people have, have run an Iron Man, which is mental. Yeah. That's crazy. And, well, and, Iron Man, of course, you have to swim and cycle as well. Yeah, and it's and it's and it's kind of um, changed the entire kind of like tourist industry around that, that time. So there's hope for. There's hope for the slightly um, more down at heel areas of uh, of the UK. Well, don't yeah. judge him, mate. It might be it might be a very nice place. Hartlepool could be brilliant. Hartlepool could be brilliant to do a little Iron Man across the T's. How would you? How good would you be at this point uh, at a triathlon if it gave you all the gear? I can't run. <laughs> right. Yeah, I couldn't. Do, I couldn't do any of it. I could. I am joining Chris uh, from Avon Japan, uh, the other podcast I do, or one of them, uh, on like a bit of a cycle from uh, Kyoto to. Osaka, I think. Because you know what um, an Ironman, you know Iron triathlon Because there's different types of tri- triathlons. <laughs> there's like a normal triathlon, mm. a half Ironman, an Ironman. There's lots of different types. 
Are you aware of what an Ironman triathlon actually is? I just do a bit of swimming, uh, do a bit of cycling, do a bit of running, and then fucking talk about it the rest of the year. Fucking yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you know someone's done an Ironman? They tell they you. They tell you, yeah. Um, it's, it's a 2.4-mile swim, so that is, I think it's 100 lengths of a pool. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, is there a doggy paddling option? Because that's probably what I would have to do. I'd have to do a backstroke. It's the only stroke I can do to any sort of level. In fact, that's 200 lengths of a 25-meter pool, isn't it? Let's not get into the weeds on yeah. this one. A 112-mile <laughs> uh, bike ride. So that's like riding your All bike. All in one day. You do it one after the other. Good God. Guess what run you have to do? F- full marathon. So what's a full marathon? 10 26, miles? Fucking 26. Fucking 26.2 miles. I've never miles. done a run in my life. I got signed up to the London Marathon. Obviously quite a uh, an important marathon that everyone gets very excited about. And, you know, people would kill to be on it. Um, Wussed out. <laughs> did you? you didn't you start the training? I, I bust my ankle to be honest. I couldn't really. You have got. You it. do get a lot of injuries. You get a lot of ankles. So, but they they made me a custom morph suit. You remember morph from Tony Hart? You you know before everybody started getting those stupid morph suits and going to the fucking cricket and being a dickhead. You had one, yeah. Um, I had one that was custom made to my um my body. Um, and it was See, at least it you was take, morph. You are you are at least when you're you know the wackiness that you get extol. Mm. At least you're professionally wacky. You know, it was a woman from the um college of fashion on uh, Charing Cross Road doing did it properly it. she did it properly I remember when I turned up so when we do live shows for the theatre show for the Ramble mm. we do videos and you you are basically the author of them and um, I remember once turning up to the studio to record a podcast and you were in a full green screen suit mm. from head to toe your face was covered everything one of my favourite photos of you and you told us what we had to do and, and I thought to myself at that point He's a bit of a wacky one, this one, but he is at least professional with it. Yeah. He takes the wackiness seriously. I need to expense that green suit. <laughs> so, it's only five years ago. So your plan was to do a marathon in the morph suit? <laughs> yeah. But you didn't even do any but training? I didn't do any training. Well, I couldn't do, well, I couldn't do any training because I busted my ankle. I think I did a little mini run. How long? It's hard to win it. It's all right, yeah. Run around the park. So just to give you a quick, a quick understanding of this, so most Ironman events apparently have a limited time of 17 hours to complete. <laughs> Oh, and they start at seven in the morning. So the mandatory cutoff for the swim is nine twenty mm. in the morning. Um and then after that the the uh, bike cutoff time is five thirty PM. So you've got eight hours, ten minutes to do the bike ride. <laughs> but by this point you're like, that's a full day's work. Why do people sort yeah. of put themselves through this? And after that the mandatory cutoff for the marathon is midnight. So, so essentially, you're expected to run from 7 a.m. to midnight, and however quick you can do it, you can do it. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, why do I have the opinion that I have that it's a bit kind of anybody who yaps on about running? I say, oh, shut up. Um, it's the same with everything, though, isn't it? People are passionate mm-hmm. about certain stuff. You can say that about um, people who like to be vegan, which mm-hmm. we have said, and you've said this on this show. Yeah. No, I, I don't have a go at vegans, do I? People oh, just I'm like to really... show off about stuff, don't they? Yeah. Or, or something that you're into, I guess. People sort of get excited. I mean, I talk about Japan fucking constantly, mm. but I'm genuinely into it. I, I think there's more to Japan than there is to running, though, I would sort of argue. It's just run over there and your lungs are going, why? And your legs are going, why? Swimming would be good for your asthma, by the way. You, you say that. It's not, no. <laughs> why not? That's it. It's just... So is football. I do, I do football every week, so... You don't get on, though, do you? You don't play. I do play. When you pay... You'd subs, you'd <laughs> and that is a deal breaker. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what about this email from Jamie who says, Hi guys, um, I'm just catching up on room 101, 102. And my suggestion is people who say PIN number, despite it standing for personal identification number, so it's not necessary to add the word number at the yeah, end. Yeah, have we not sort of spoken about this? It's like ATM, isn't it? Uh, ATM machine. Look for an ATM machine. Automatic telemachine. Ugh. ATM. ATM. It's all, uh, in there. it's all in there. 
My final suggestion is when I'm in a train station at 6am, bleary-eyed, buying a paper, and the WH Smith staff still ask me if I want a massive bar of chocolate for a pound. <laughs> Fuck off, you... mate. I'm buying a scientific calculator. I don't want a block of Oreo. Well, it's, you said it's... you're buying a paper. I don't know why you're buying a scientific calculator at six in the morning. Yeah. They do sell them at the, at the, at the uh, Tillsburg, aren't they? It's really strange. Um... Uh, to paraphrase uh, Mitch Hedberg, um, when I go into Pret a Manger, I just buy like a banana or a nectarine, and they go, "Do you want a receipt?" He's going, "I'm never going to prove. I need to prove that. <laughs> yeah. I'm never going to prove that I bought a nectarine." Expenses, mate. Expenses, mate. Expenses. Um, more Keith Cooks news. Do you want some of that? Oh yeah, yes please. So Keith Cooks um, is now aware of us. Uh oh. We've become a, we've become self facilitating nodes in the Keith Cooks world, world. and. Um, are we canon? Are we Keith Cook's canon? We might be soon. Um, what some naughty little sausage right. of this parish yeah. has uh, has got in touch with Keith oh, on his YouTube channel. What a shit! And posted a comment saying, um, "Pete Donaldson loves your channel." Yeah, and he told listeners to check it out. If you go onto iTunes podcast and search for <laughs> the Week and Pete show, they mention how great your channel is. Yeah, Keith Cook's replies. Yeah, after his email to us. Yeah, so this is a development. Right, saying cool. I thought some of it was a bit negative, but hey. Oh. How does that make you feel, Pete? It makes me really sad. Yeah. Yeah. I think you should do a tribute long egg. Oh. Yeah. I, I don't know what to say. You've brought misery and negativity to that man's life. I think sometimes you've got to kind of roll with the punches. I don't mind if people slag off my work. I mean, my work is genuinely terrible. But the amount of people who are uh, on, uh, on Twitter who will say... Your work's not terrible. Your output's terrible. Yeah. It's average. My attitude's dreadful Yeah, it's well. really poor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot of people criticise my voice. So what do they say? Uh, Wanker. Shit. I don't. I don't understand why no. But not. Uh, this is a really good example of it. I don't understand why people would um, understand. Would not sort of complain about my um, stories because they start in the middle. They go outwards. I don't yeah. have the power of sentence structure. I say uh, a lot. I say like a lot. Hmm. I don't know how anyone can listen to this. To me, you're a Deli Alley type broadcaster you, right. instinctively you're very good yeah and sometimes I switch when you, off when you've got time to think about it or mm. you have to maintain focus I think mm. you find it quite difficult oh I'm sad about Keith Cook sorry Keith Cooks uh, I well he's not listening now is he he might be I will be he's basically tuned into episode 100 <laughs> thought these people are slagging me off no, he's not going to listen to episode 107 is no, he no I think 100 is quite complimentary which is the one that's one where you slag him off the most I didn't slag him off I just said look at this guy he's, he's, <laughs> he's a rubbish cook no I'm not saying he was it Good cooks don't attempt a long egg because it's just a long egg. <laughs> and and we saw and Fred Darnish do it. You did, and he's not a cook. No, he's, he's not. He's, he's how to science man. No, his his. I'm not, and I'm definitely not backtracking here. My uh, delight at this man was his presentational style, where he would constantly just burn his hands on some hot water and then go, "Oh, I'm cooking with a waste pipe." That's why it's funny. I'm not. I'm not slagging out any other part of his life. His kitchen's nice. <laughs> You're mocking him. You are mocking him. <laughs> I'm mocking him. Speaking of uh, Kirk, did you see? Um, <laughs> that, you know Tom Kerridge. You're not, uh, you're not into no. this sort of stuff, are you? Who's that? Tom Kerridge is the guy who runs the Hand and Flowers. It's a two Mission Star pub in right. Marlow in Buckinghamshire. Okay. He was a big fat lad. Now he's lost a lot of weight. <laughs> right. Bald guy, friendly, smiley face. Looks like an egg with a face drawn on. Okay. Um, long egg. Looks like a long egg with a smiley mm. face drawn on. He's just opened a traditional um, British classics um, restaurant mm. in a hotel in town somewhere out in London. I can't remember where. And um, he's, I don't think he's boasting about it, but I guess the PR guff and the press and stuff are talking about how he's developed the best ever fish and chips. Okay. And it's, uh, you get like a beautiful battered piece of 
cod or whatever mm. it is, and you get these homemade dips. You get like a homemade curry sauce, a homemade tartar sauce, and a, and a, um, a ketchup or whatever. Oh, I'd be for that. Yeah, and you get 12 quite thick, chunky, lattice stacked, triple cooked chips. Like Jenga. Yeah. Chip yeah. Jenga. Um, and it looks amazing. Mm. 33 quid. Well, if someone's gone to the time, I don't mind spending 30 quid on a main, to be honest. 33 quid on a main. It yeah. looks. It doesn't look big enough, Pete. It looks like I could eat about four of them. Do you reckon? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, there has to be enough food there, definitely. I mean, I would do that challenge, but that would cost me 132 pounds. So I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, uh, um, we should end on Keith Cooks because Keith Cooks deserves headline billing on this show. <laughs> I've always respected him. Yeah. I don't know about you, Pete. You've ne- you'd never heard of him before me, and now I like him. Well, I like him too. You've I've become. I've grown very fond of him. <laughs> George Dawes in uh, George Dawes on Vicar, who obviously did a lot of work with uh, Vic Ruse and Bob Mortimer. The first time he saw um, Vic and Bob on the telly, he could not believe they'd managed to get onto BBC Two, yeah. and he wrote a letter of complaint to the BBC saying, "What is this shit?" Yeah, and then he realised they were really good. So, fuck you, keep <laughs> eat my dick. The real story is you said eat my long dick you said <laughs> I, I found this YouTube channel yeah. of a man yeah. and I'd like to exploit him and I said no it's not exploiting I said and you can you have him on the yes, show definitely. I'll t- but you have to tone it down because I respect the man <laughs> I did not say any of that <laughs> let's get over you bloody rock alright we'll be back next time with episode Re-rating 108 history speak soon shit bag stay out of trouble look after yourself I haven't finished yet Pete for goodness sake right. stay out of trouble look after yourselves and each other and we'll be back next time respect Keith 